At some point in the future, Jesus will descend from heaven and supernaturally transport all Christians to heaven where they will get glorious, incorruptible, immortal bodies and live with Jesus in heaven forever. That is the doctrine of the so-called rapture, and it is easily the most controversial topic in all of eschatology. But is it true, and is it biblical? We will explore this controversy in this week's episode of Revelation Unveiled on Faith by Reason. Welcome to Faith by Reason, the website behind it all. As always, it's faithbyreason.net. There are hundreds of hours of study material, blogs, podcasts, and video. And in this episode and the next, we will be taking another interlude. Yes, so just get used to interludes, folks. There are going to be lots of them in between our studies of, of the verses in the, the book of Revelation. But this interlude, obviously, is going to be talking about the, the so-called rapture theory and the rapture doctrine. And why am I talking about it here? Well, the rapture, is, as far as eschatology, the study of end times is concerned, the rapture has to do with the church. And since in the last episode, we looked at Revelation chapter 4, the, where the scene shifted from earth to heaven and officially ended the church age and started the next uh, phase of human history, this is probably the best time to talk about this extremely controversial topic. So in order to get started, let's do what we always do at Faith by Reason when we introduce a new topic. We're going to give the definition of it, the an objective, non-contradictory definition of the rapture. What is that definition? What is a rapture? A rapture is when a human being or human beings are physically, supernaturally transported from one place to another. And that's basically what a rapture is. Now, as far as end times eschatology is concerned, the rapture being spoken of is the one I mentioned in, in, the, in the introduction. The idea that Jesus is going to call, transport the church, zap away his believers to him. So basically you'd have two people walking down the street talking. One is a Christian, one is not a Christian. This At some point Jesus comes down and shouts and the trumpet sounds and one of them vanishes and nothing's left but a pile of clothes or like in mid-conversation. And the other person panics like, oh my God, my friend just disappeared. Or you, there'll be a, a concert and everyone who's a Christian in the concert will just suddenly vanish and the, con the people will go crazy and start storming start you know, storming out of the, of the concert hall. Or there'll be a, people on an airplane and all the Christians will disappear and leave a pile of clothes in their seat. And if the pilot and the co-pilot happen, happen to be Christian, well, you're going to have the plane you know, falling out of the sky. So there's going to be just this horrible, horrific, cataclysmic time for people who are left on earth. Planes raining out of the sky. People and loved ones just disappearing. Uh, churches having most of their members uh, just be zapped away. You're going to have office buildings where several people are uh, zapped away. You'll have an, an attorney firm with hundreds of attorneys and, you know, maybe two of them get zapped away. I'm just kidding. I, you know how I feel about attorneys. But, yeah, that's, that's, what the, that's what the end times rapture is going to apparently look like. And, yeah, it's, it sounds, frankly, pretty preposterous when we look at it ob uh, objectively in our society where we see very little supernatural action it's, it seems pretty darn incredible but that is the doctrine and as i just said it is extremely extremely controversial it is the most controversial topic in eschatology and the controversies around the rapture fall into two broad categories the first category is the the question of is the rapture even real is there really an event called the rapture is this vanishing this, this supernatural transportation going to happen. And the second uh, controversy, which is frankly even more 
divisive and, um, and, and incendiary is the idea of when the rapture will occur, especially as vis-a-vis the period of time we call the tribulation. So in this episode, we're just going to deal with the first one. We're just going to look at whether or not the rapture is even real, because there's a bunch of people, a lot of people who believe there's no such thing, that that some certain Christian sects just made up this idea of the rapture and it kind of proliferated. And so, so some Christians believe it, some don't. So those who don't believe in the rapture or don't believe there's any such thing as a rapture, what are their arguments against it? Well, the first argument we'll, we'll deal with, which is honestly the silliest in the field of argument we've dealt with before, but the argument is that the, since the word rapture does not appear in the Bible, then there's no such thing as a rapture because that word doesn't appear there. And, and I know that my listeners and viewers are sophisticated enough to know that just because a word, especially a word that we use in English, doesn't appear in the Bible, doesn't mean that it's non-biblical because, first of all, the Bible wasn't written in English. I think everyone understands that. Everyone acknowledges that the Bible was not written in, in English. Therefore, we cannot use our English words and read them back into the Bible and say, well, it's not there because of the person or persons who translated the that passage from the original Hebrew, Greek, or Aramaic didn't translate them using the English word that we're talking about. So it's not about whether or not the word appears in the Bible is is the concept clearly there. And again, we've encountered this before with, for example, the Trinity. The word Trinity will not appear in the Bible. Why? Because Trinity is a it's an English word. But the concept of the Trinity, of God being three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are all God, who are who all have the same uh, nature as God, is, is self-evident throughout the Bible. I'm not going to get into it. If you want to, there we have a whole category on the Trinity blogs and podcasts and, and, and videos there. But there are plenty of other terms that we Christians use that are not in the Bible verbatim. Blood atonement isn't in the Bible, but the concept is clearly there. The, ver- the, the term virgin birth is not in the Bible, but the concept is clearly there. The term Abrahamic covenant is not in the Bible, but the concept is there. So the question is, is the concept of the rapture in the Bible? And I think the answer is clearly yes. In fact, there are four instances of of a rapture occurring in the Bible that no one d- disputes. No matter where you land on, on the spectrum of believing or not believing in the rapture, every Christian acknowledges these four rapture events. The first one that everyone acknowledges is Enoch. In uh, Genesis chapter 5, it says that Enoch, one of the patriarchs, walked with God and then he was not, for God took him. Enoch never died. Enoch was a believer and God took him to heaven before his birth. He was he was uh, physically, supernaturally transported from earth to heaven. That is a rapture, folks, and I've never heard anyone argue and say, oh no, Enoch wasn't, did, wasn't really taken. So everyone agrees with that. The next is Elijah. Um, in, in, the, in the book of Kings, Elijah was transported to heaven in a fiery chariot. Elijah never died. He was supernaturally transported. I think, I, I think we could all agree that a, a fiery chariot that takes you to heaven would be a supernatural transport. So Elijah was taken from earth to heaven supernaturally and bodily, physically. That, folks, is a rapture, and I've never heard anyone argue against the idea that um, Elijah was taken to heaven. The third is Jesus. In the book of Acts, in the the first couple chapters of, of Acts, Jesus ascends to heaven. He physically, bodily, supernaturally goes from earth to heaven, 
And I've never heard any Christian argue against the fact that Jesus ascended to heaven. If you don't believe that Jesus ascended to heaven, then maybe you should reconsider whether or not you want to be a Christian. Maybe Christianity is not for you. But again, that's a rapture. And then the fourth is uh, Philip, the disciple Philip in uh, in the book of Acts. I'll, I'll put the exact uh, chapter and verse in the show notes. Philip goes to witness to an Ethiopian eunuch who's reading Isaiah. And then after he finishes witnessing to the to the eunuch and baptizes him, uh, Philip disappears. He and he reappears back uh, near near his home in in, in Israel. That's a rapture. Phoenix, uh, Phoenix. Philip was physically, bodily, supernaturally transported from one place to another. In his case, he you know he didn't go to heaven. He went from one part of the Middle East to another. But again, that follows on that, that's under the definition of a rapture. So. Is the concept of a rapture in the Bible? Absolutely, we have four, again, that no one disputes. Even if you don't believe in the end times rapture, you have to admit that a, a rapture occurred, that, that these occurrences have happened before in the Bible. And as far as the end times rapture, a rapture that will occur after those four, well, there are a couple of places that where the Bible clearly talks about a rapture that's going to happen, again, after the ones I just mentioned. One place is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 50, I'm uh, sorry, 51. Behold, I, will, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And probably the second clearest and most famous uh, rapture passage is 1 Thessalonians 4, starting in verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Thus shall we always be with the Lord. Those are raptures. Those are people living and dead, by the way. So this, these final raptures, not only are will they be living people, but also dead people will also rise up. So, yeah, again, it's it's incredible. It's seems preposterous, but it's there in the Bible. So the concept of the rapture is clearly, clearly in the Bible multiple times. So it's there. And here is the final nail in the coffin of the people who say the rapture doesn't appear in the Bible. So not only is it conceptually in the Bible, as we just showed, the word is in the Bible in, in the right translation. The, if we go back to the verse we just uh, looked at, Thessalonians, the first Thessalonians uh, uh, six, uh, excuse me, 4, 16 through 18, there is a word I just read. It says, it, starting in verse 17, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That, that word caught up is a translation of the Greek word harpazo. Harpazo in English is caught up or snatched away, forcibly taken. That's, that's a rapture. Now, the word harpazo, when it's translated into the Latin Vulgate, which is the, the Bible that was used by uh, the Catholic Church for about a thousand years, the word harpazo is in Latin rapimir. And that is where we get the English transliteration for rapture. It's the same word. It's like saying water in English and agua in Spanish. It's the same word, just in a different language. So rapture is the same word as harpazo, which is the same word as to be caught up or snatched away. It is right there. And we take the word rapimir and we transliterate it into English into rapture. So technically the word rapture is in the Bible. So the word is there. The concept is there. And no matter how incredible the idea of the rapture sounds, it's biblical, and if you believe in the Bible, then you've got to believe in the rapture. But again, our focus is on this end-time rapture, this future rapture. And the people who dispute the rapture and dispute the future rapture, 
they have another argument that they use and it really has to do with when this doctrine was allegedly introduced and the people who say there's no end times rapture they say that it was created by a man named John Darby who is John Darby John Darby is a British preacher who was around during the the 1800s the 19th century very famous preacher very influential he is very um He's one of the, one of the founders of the ideas of dispensationalism and futurism, and so and dispensationalism is very controversial, and so is futurism, and so people who don't believe in futurism and don't believe in dispensationalism, they like to disparage John Darby, and they said that John Darby made up the idea of the rapture, and furthermore, John Darby was what is called a pre-tribulation rapture person, so he basically believes that this rapture will occur before the period of time known as the tribulation and we'll talk about pre-tribulation mid-tribulation and post-tribulation rapture theories in the next episode so so because darby believed in several controversial ideas dispensationalism pre-tribulation rapture then people who don't believe in those things people who are anti who, who are not futurists like preterists and allegorical folk and folks who believe in a post-tribulation or a mid-tribulation rapture they all gang up and disparage john darby and they said that he made up the idea that Jesus will return for his church before the tribulation period. And one of their main arguments against Darby is they say that no one before Darby preached about the pre-tribulation rapture or, or any type of end times rapture. That the great church fathers like Augustine and Origen never talked about a rapture. So if this was such an important topic, why didn't the great church fathers of the first few centuries after Christ who basically set our creeds for us and who came up with the foundational doctrines that the church used to this day, if the rapture was such an important event in our great blessed hope, why didn't they teach it? So there are a couple of serious problems with the whole Darby invented the rapture idea. The first and most obvious is that Darby was clearly not the first person to talk about the end times rapture. You could actually argue that the first person to talk about it was the Apostle Paul, or you could argue even further that the first person to talk about it was Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, which we'll probably talk about down the road a bit. But Paul clearly spoke of the rapture uh, explicitly in the first century. So how on earth could John Darby have invented the end times rapture when Paul speaks of it in Thessalonians and in, in Corinthians and in other places? Unless you believe that John Darby basically got into a, invented the rapture, got into his time machine, went back in time and said, hey, Paul, I've got this really cool theory for you about how the Christians vanish one day. And Paul's, oh, really? I like that. I, I think I'll write it down. And then Darby goes back in the future and say, hey, look, here's the rapture. Of course, and that's just silly, folks. He didn't invent the idea of, a, of an end times rapture. Okay, but what about the idea that the early church fathers didn't teach the rapture? Why didn't they teach it if, if it's so real and so important? Well, my response is, if the early church fathers didn't teach the rapture, then so what? I mean, seriously, why does that affect the doctrine? Now, don't get me wrong. The church fathers, Augustine, or, um, uh, Origen, all those guys, they did great things for, for the church doctrine, but they were human beings. They were not perfect. We've talked about some of their frailties in, in earlier uh, episodes. We talked about how Augustine was very anti-Semitic, which you know seems kind of odd since he worshipped Jesus and Jesus was a Jew. And um, Origen uh, really eschewed the the supernatural. He is the one who came up with with the silly sons of Seth, Seth theory for Genesis chapter six instead of you know embracing the obvious supernatural. 
things that were going on. So these men were not perfect. They did great things, but they weren't perfect. And if they chose not to teach the rapture for whatever reason, again, so what? That does not mean the rapture isn't true. It simply means they chose not to teach it and shame on them. But the concept and of the rapture is clearly there. Whether or not anyone who calls himself a church father chooses to teach it. And furthermore, that is the idea that the early church fathers didn't teach the rapture is just blatantly untrue. There is evidence of, of that they did. And I, I'm going to put a link to a, an online article showing where several of the church fathers, such as Ephraim the Syrian and Arrhenius and a few others, did teach about the rapture. And it's on record. So John Darby didn't invent the rapture. The Apostle Paul taught it first, as in Jesus taught it before the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul just related it to the church. Uh, the early church fathers did teach about the rapture. And I, I imagine that the idea of the rapture became a little less uh, prominent during the, uh, the the time when the Catholics ruled the, the Christian church. But they did teach it. So with it being so obvious that the rapture is in the Bible, that the concept is there, that the word is there, that it wasn't invented by someone else, that the early church fathers taught it ahead of time, who who uh, clings to this idea that there is no rapture or no end times rapture in the Bible? Well, there are people who have an agenda against it, whose theology doesn't allow for the rapture. And if the rapture does exist, and if there's an end times rapture that's going to happen in the future, it will negatively affect their theology. And I, as I, I've said before, I said this earlier in these broadcasts, that you should not, one of the big mistakes that Christians make in their zealousness to confirm and defend their favorite doctrine is trying to make the Bible conform to their theology instead of having their theology conform to the Bible, which is the way things should be. So people who don't believe these clear teachings of, of, of Paul and Jesus and just of the Bible in general are not doing it because it's not there in the Bible. They're doing it because it doesn't fit their theology. People like preterists who believe that most of the events in Revelation, most of end times events have already happened. So if they've already happened, then that would have to mean that a rapture would have already happened. So they can't be a future rapture. Therefore, even though the Bible clearly says there's a rapture in the future, it can't happen because it doesn't fit their theology. The people who take an allegorical point of view, who don't believe that the end times events are literal, well, there obviously there can't be a literal rapture. There can't be a literal snatching away of Christians from earth to heaven because that wouldn't fit their theology. It wouldn't fit their doctrine. Again, they are trying to make the Bible fit their doctrine instead of making their doctrine conform to the Bible. And that is religious pride. And we talk about the danger of religion and the danger of pride all the time in faith by reason. If your theology, if your doctrines are in conflict with the Bible, if they contradict the Bible, then don't try to change the Bible. Change your doctrine, change your theology, because if the Bible is true, then let your theology be wrong. Let your doctrine be wrong and change it to be true. Shouldn't you want to have whatever you believe conform to the Bible instead of trying to twist the Bible or deny areas of the Bible into a way that makes you right and God wrong? Shouldn't it be the opposite? Shouldn't you want God to be right even if you're wrong? Because then you can become more like God instead of trying to make God in the Bible more like you. And if you have the opposite view, then you are in pride and you are in danger of missing heaven. So I would I would change that if I were you. But yeah, just my opinion. But is it possible that maybe I'm being a bit of a hypocrite here? I mean, isn't it possible that I'm doing the same thing I'm accusing the rapture deniers of doing, namely promoting my own view of this topic at the exclusion of others. 
Well, that argument might have merit if my position was that there's only one correct view of the rapture. And it's not. Here, let me explain. See, the controversy about whether or not the rapture is biblical, which we've just addressed, is only one disputed aspect of the doctrine. And arguably, it's not even the most controversial. Actually, it's not even close. No, the most heated debate about the rapture is not if there's a rapture, but when it will occur. We talked about this earlier. See, there are those who believe the rapture will occur before the so-called tribulation period, which we'll talk about down the road a bit. There are those who think the rapture will happen in the middle of the tribulation, that Jesus will return for his church at the, at the midpoint of this seven-year period of time. And there are those who also believe, who believe that the rapture will occur after the tribulation, that the church will need to go through this, this time of trouble, and at the end, they will Jesus will return uh, for the church. And the, this is hotly, hotly disputed. I mean, you will find groups of Christians in churches and all over the web getting into seriously vicious debates with each other about when the rapture occurs. And, and if you disagree with them, be it a pre, mid or post trip, they will literally assault you with scriptures and they will get into personal insults and it gets really down and dirty. You have people who, again, are supposed to be Christians who are supposed to have the love of Jesus for each other whom Jesus commanded. Hey, oh, by this will men know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And if you went into some of these organizations, into these chat rooms and you don't, if you don't believe me, just go to any website that takes a position on the timing of the rapture, be it pre, mid, or post-trip, and just read the comments. And you will see Christians behaving in a way that if you you wouldn't believe that they were Christians, you would not believe that they were actually obeying Jesus' commandment that Christians love one another. So the question is, who's right and who's wrong? Well, the answer is all of them. Whether you're pre, mid, or post-tribulation, you are right and you are wrong. All three are right in what they affirm, but they're wrong in what they deny. And there is a resolution to the idea of when the rapture occurs. And that resolution is to do what I just said a few minutes ago. Make the Bible right, even if it means your doctrine is wrong. What do I specifically mean by that? Well, you're going to have to wait until the next episode, because in the next episode, we're going to wrap up our look at the rapture by again looking at the timing of the rapture and I will give you a resolution that actually satisfies the criteria that I set forth one that makes the Bible correct not only does it make the Bible correct and make God, and makes God right it is a resolution that will bring harmony to all three of these positions and it should be embraced however it's not I will guarantee you you will not like my resolution. Um, no matter which side you take, pre, mid, or post-tribulation, I guarantee you I'm going to make you very upset with the way I resolve it. So if you haven't been offended yet by faith by reason, I promise you the next episode, if you're if you're into eschatology, if you're into the rapture and you have one of these positions, I promise you that you are going to be angry with me and upset with me for the wrong reasons. And I'm, I can't wait to get into this because this is one of my favorite topics to talk about because you all know how much I love controversy and being provocative. All right, so let's wrap this up. Thank you for listening and for watching. I appreciate it. Please subscribe to Faith by Reason on the YouTube channel here by hitting that subscribe button and hitting the like button and hitting the notification bell so you can get these 
notified when the new videos are up. You can also subscribe on faithbyreason.net by putting your email into that right navigation area and you will also get alerted. And I will talk to you again next week when we explore the three main views about the timing of the rapture. And I will give you the only, only resolution that makes the Bible correct. And here's one little preview. You already agree with what the resolution is. I promise you, when I give you the resolution, I give you examples, you're going to already agree that the doctrine behind the, my resolutions, my resolution is already biblical and you already follow it, but you just don't want to follow it as it deals with the rapture. All right, next time.